Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Red Men TV. It's the Red Men podcast for this week. Merry Christmas. Uh, in keeping up with the spirit of giving and generosity, uh, we've given the lads the day off for the podcast today. And flip of that, we're going to be giving you free access to a load of the best bits of Red Men Plus on today's podcast. We're going to be delving through some brilliant things in the archive, uh, but some of the things that we're doing on a week-to-week basis as well. So we're going to have a good old chat around the Reds, around transfers, and speaking to some famous names along the way as well. Everything that you will see and hear on the podcast is available and streaming in full on the redmentv.com, which is Redmen Plus, our Liverpool streaming platform, which gives you content in video and in podcast in your native podcasting app form as well. So you can get us at home, on your mobile, on the telly, on laptop, and you can listen to us on the bus as well. Uh, anyway, enough from me. On with this week's podcast. All the best. Hello everyone and welcome to the Red Men TV. Steve here for this latest edition of the Opposition Premium. Delight I am joined by Jack from Leicester Fan TV to preview Tuesday night's game down at the King Power Stadium. Looking back at it, Jack, there, mate, if, if I got, again, you look through Leicester's recent run of fixtures, I'll go back, let's just say, in December. You draw with Southampton, you lose to Villa, but then you have to defeat in Napoli, but then you hammer Newcastle, but then the penalty draw with us and a, a lot the loss against City. It, it, it seems very, very up and down. Is that kind of the story of your season so far? Look good, bad and ugly in the, in the middle? Yeah, I just think, you know, you've got to take the rough with a smooth at times. Um, it's football. It happens, but, you know, when you've got injuries and that, it's not really great. You know, you struggle to even make a squad. I mean, against Tottenham and uh, Everton, them games got called off due to not having the inefficient of players. Um, but like you say, the draw to Southampton, um, the loss to Villa, you know, we, we don't seem to know how to defend from set pieces and that. And defensively, we've been all over the place this season. I don't think Cags has turned up. Vestergaard's been poor. Bertrand, waste of... Waste of a buy, to be honest, even on a free. Um, <laughs> Johnny Evans, you know, in CAGS, you know, they called him the best partnership, one of them in the league. Um, obviously, across on Van Dyke and um, Joe Gomez, but it's been a struggle defensively all over the place. Ricardo's been out injured. He keeps coming in there and back and out again. Um, Castaño is not really the quickest, but, you know, he's, he's very good defensively, but not sprinting-wise. But, you know, we've been all over defensively this season. I think that's what's cost us this season with the amount of goals we've been leaking at the back. And we, we've got the most set-piece conceded in goals and that's 12 in the league more than anybody else So we're, and that's been happening for two years now Alan Shearer said so it's something that we don't want to keep doing against Liverpool hopefully we'll learn our lesson but we say that every single game now but it seems to keep repeating itself 
as I was saying, is that looking at the at the league table, like you guys again, the league table's a mess at the moment because of games in hand and stuff. But essentially, the one I was looking for is seventeen games, thirty goals scored. You'll take that every day of the week, but thirty three conceded to have scored thirty goals and still be a minus goal difference. Like again, again, I know you've had injuries because um, Fafana went out here before the season. It was a, obviously the challenge that happened in pre season. But Sunchu Evans, you played in Didi back there. Vestergaard brought in. Is it is it is it literally down to that, or is it is the, is the more systematic issues in the team? Because Liverpool fans will know from the Brendan Rodgers era that at times it wasn't solely a, a defensive issue; it was the whole team weren't great at defending. Is that what you guys have felt at times as well this season? I think it's been zonal marking from set pieces. If you watch Leicester this season, it's all the same stuff every single game, and um, we don't seem to learn our lesson. Brendan Rodgers said there's nothing wrong from set pieces. I mean, I don't know what he's watching, what I ain't. Um, but obviously you guys would know that Liverpool wouldn't you from set pieces and uh, Brendan's time at Liverpool um, it's it's beyond it's beyond a joke to be honest the amount of goals we've been leaking um, you know but I guess uh, players don't always trap back do they who's attacking and I mean you know you defend as a team and you go forward as a team I just don't think that's happened this season no, we, we'd suffered last season, Jack, with, with centre-half injuries. And one of the things we did, we put Fabinho at centre-half and it, it kind of plugged one gap, but it made another in front of him. Is Have you guys felt that with Ndidi because you've moved one of the best defensive midfielders in the country out of midfield to put him at centre-half? Is, is that been a problem as well? Because, like I say, in the end, how Liverpool fixed their issues was we picked Nat Phillips and Reese Williams, who are just young, inexperienced centre-backs, but that allowed us to play Fabinho centre-mid. Is that something you guys have considered? Maybe that you, may, you might just have to leave Ndidi where he is? And just and and plug a gap behind them. Is that even an option? I'm not sure. I mean, it's squared pegs in round holes at Leicester at the minute. You know, yeah. we're playing players out of position. Indeed, he's not a centre off. He's a centre defensive midfielder. We brought in Samore this season. He's a box to box midfielder. Yuri Tillemans is more attacking than defensively. I mean, Johnny Evans has struggled with foot injury this season. I mean, Cags is now out with hamstring for like three weeks, so that's going to be a massive miss. Luke Thomas is had to come in at left back because we ain't got no one good enough to fill that position. I mean, Bertrand's not fulfilled his starting place at this football club at the minute. Um, Vestergaard, it's just a lamppost at the end of the day. He just stands there. I mean, if you watch the Jota goal in the cup, he lets Jota run past and then decided to move. I mean, what kind of defending is that? I mean, we're a defensive shambles and it proved it in that second half in the cup game how weak we are in defence and we just don't know where to turn and who to put there just to make the issue better. You guys had probably the, one of the toughest games that any team will play going, going to the Etihad. It may be the one of the two toughest tests that any team get and the fact that you get the second best team now in the league roll up a couple of days later and you mentioned injuries and you mentioned no rest. I mean, it, 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 it is very much like the odds are stacked against Leicester. Is, is that how you guys are feeling at the moment? Yeah, you couldn't have picked a worse of time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you picked the two worst teams to play against in this position that we are. I mean, with the injury crisis and the COVID outbreak, and I'm not saying it's just Leicester who's had that, but it seems to be Leicester who's getting all these injuries all the time. You know, you couldn't have picked the worst of teams to play against. Man City yesterday, 6-3 at the Etihad. You know, I thought the comeback run, we're going to win 5-4, but then, <laughs> you know, we still couldn't defend after that. We conceded two sloppy set pieces, zonal marking again from Brendan Rodgers. Um, but then you've got Liverpool, haven't you? Mo Salah, Firmino, um, Mane, Schotter. You've got some incredible players there. Very talented. Um, you know, Schotter and... I guess he's filled 
the position that you guys wanted. I mean, he's ahead of Firmino now, isn't he? I guess that shows that Jota's up to doing the job for you guys. Um, Salah, on the other hand, he ain't got the 11, it's heaven. Um, the Jamie Vardy record, yeah. I mean, they had a Vardy record the other week when Salah scored. I didn't really know much about it until the game. So, <laughs> it's something that Salah's going to look at, isn't he? The 11 and 11. But obviously, he wants 12 and 12, doesn't he, to beat that record. But I guess with Salah, he's a team player. He's not a so bothered about breaking records. He's more a team player and wants the best for the your, you guys. I mean, to play Liverpool tomorrow night with all the players we've got out and stuff like that, it's going to be very difficult. I mean, I'd just stand all the players on the line, to be honest, just to be on the safe side. <laughs> Poor coach in front of it, the team boss. That's the way we're going to have to defend tomorrow night because Salah and Mane is going to be flying down them wings and Trent Alexander-Arnold as well. Yeah, park the bus, park the bus. What, what what type of team then, given the injuries, given you guys have had that game, like what are we thinking the Leicester 11 is going to be then, Joe? Well, I'm going to go Schmeichel in goal because, yep. you know... I'll, get, I'll he, guess that one. He's on number yeah. one. <laughs> um, Castagna's going to play it right back, I presume. Um, Vestergaard's obviously going to keep his place in the team because we haven't got no other defenders. If Johnny Evans is fit, then that's great. He'll play. Um, but if Johnny Evans isn't fit, he's going to put Wilfred Ndidi there um, or keep Daniel Amati where he is. So if we'll go Daniel Amati, Vestergaard for now. Uh, Luke Thomas is going to play at left back. Wilfred Ndidi. Uh, Yuri Tillemans, Madison, KDH is a midfield four. Um, Jamie Vardy is going to feature tomorrow night for sure. Um, and Adamo Lutman, I can't see Perez. I think Perez is going to be on the bench tomorrow night. Ian Acho is going to be on the bench. Um, I think we'll make changes from the Manchester City team, you know, to keep the players fresh. I mean, we kept Vardy, Samara and Ndidi fit for the Liverpool game. So it's going to be interesting who Brendan Rodgers decides to pick. Yeah, I think they're, they're about to that one. Like I say, I, w- I wouldn't be adverse to seeing it. I'd ra- I like indeed, I think he's brilliant. So if he's going to play, mm. I'd rather him be a centre-half than in midfield. Because I, again, <laughs> I, I always, well, I always think, mate, you, you, I hate when managers do it. I hate when you cause two problems by moving one guy. If you've got an injury at the back, just put a defender there. Don't move midfielders around and stuff. I get at some point you've got to do something, but I think keeping indeed in midfield is is it would be needed for against, especially against a team like Liverpool who counter attack so well. I think that might yeah. be the plan. Um, are you confident? Let's wrap it up then, Jack. Are you confident at all? What are your what are your thoughts and feelings going into the game? I think if someone said to me we'd have all these injuries in the Manchester, I was worried before the Manchester City game. I mean, 4 0 down at half time yesterday, I was panicking. I thought it could be more than this. Um, but, you know, it obviously didn't turn out that way. They obviously scored six, we scored three, so it made it better on the goal difference if you looked at it. But then mm-hmm. if you look at Liverpool, they're on some fine form, aren't they, going into this one? Um, but with all our injuries and that, it's very worrying to see how many goals are actually going to be at our end rather than Liverpool's net tomorrow night. Um, we, we normally played quite decent against Liverpool. Um, if Vardy can turn up, he'll, sc- he'll score a few goals, I think. You guys hate Vardy, don't you, Is it, with a passion. Um, phenomenal English striker. Scores against you guys quite a lot, um, like he does other teams. Um he knows a shit house, really, isn't he, Jamie Vardy. He knows how to get the best out of your fans um, and any other fans. But, you know, it's going to be... I think it'll be a good game if we can stand our own tomorrow night um, and take that Man City second half into the Liverpool game and do it for 90 minutes. I think we'll be fine. But if we don't and we switch off at the key times of the game and don't defend our corners, well, we could end up with battering. 
Hello everyone, it's time for a pre-Christmas Jano Insight show with myself and Neil Jones. Anfield Watch uh, on Twitter reporting. Uh, Liverpool are the front runners alongside PSG to sign Erling Haaland this summer. Liverpool wants a striker and Mohamed Salah is demanding reinforcements <laughs> as part of his new contract demands. Yeah, I mean, I, that's a lot, lot to take in there, isn't, isn't it? Isn't it just? Um, that's three, three absolute haymakers. Um <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Liverpool are the front runners alongside Paris Saint Germain. That's and that's not saying Liverpool aren't involved, but I, I don't think they're. I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's even a, a sort of a thing that there's a front runner really. Um, he's probably he's in an unusual position, Erling Haaland. I was thinking about this quite recently. That he's probably the. Has there ever been a player that is the whole of Europe wants and think can get? I think the whole of Europe want him. He's obviously brilliant. He's obviously going to be a success wherever he goes. But I think all of Europe's top clubs probably think we've got half a chance of getting him. Yeah. You know, usually you sort of look and go, well, Real Madrid will get him, or yeah. you know, oh, he's, he's City. He's, he's going to City, or you know, whoever it may be. Um, I think there's more than a few clubs who think we could get him. We we can we can do the business. It all. I mean, a lot depends on him, and he's not soft. Listen, his agent is one of the you know the, the most high-profile agents in the world. We talked about people coming around and doing training camps. I mean, he'd done that as an agent. You know, there was a thing, wasn't there, that he was visiting the offices of Barcelona and Real Madrid just to just to see what's what and you know just make sure that they know what's what the situation is. I think he's this is Mina Raiola, by Mina Raiola. Sorry, yeah, not Erling Haaland. Um, I think he's. It looks increasingly like he's leaving Dortmund, which there's no guarantee, but I think he will leave Dortmund in the summer, um, and. We, there's still a bit of debate about the fee, whether he's got a release clause, what the release clause is, where how how you trigger it, sort of what you know if if I mean Dortmund have gone out of the Champions League, whether that impacts it, whether if they fail to qualify for the Champions League, does that even lower it further or what? Um, is it a deadline? There's there's a lot of unanswered questions. I don't think anyone's got any clarity on that. And I've, and I've spoken to colleagues in Germany who are sort of a little bit in the dark and say, mm. well, it seems to be this, but it might not. So I think a lot depends on the price. If Liverpool aren't in the race for Erling Haaland, then someone's not doing the job properly. Yeah. Same for Chelsea, same for United, same for City. Particularly if the if the <clears throat> release fee is as believed between sixty and seventy yeah, million listen, pounds. Listen, I mean, that's 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 less than half his value, in my opinion. Yeah, like I, you know, I, I think he's that good. His record is absurd. You know, pretty much a goal a game, club level, uh, and also I know I know that there's this. You you mentioned it before about. Jonathan David and sort of judging players in other leagues, but this is in the Bundesliga and the Champions League as well. Yes. Like, you know, it's not you know, he's doing this sort of against top opposition all the time. Uh, I think his international record's pretty good as well. But I think Liverpool should be in the mix. I think they will be in the mix. But I think it all comes down to. I think at the end of the day, it'll be down to Erling Haaland and you know Raiola. They will pick whatever, and they will have their pick as well. I don't think it'll be a case of oh, I wanted to go there, but all right, I'll go here. I think yeah. it'll be. Listen, I want to go to you. I could see it being. Was it Hazard who did it? Where Hazard sort of had all his choice, and he done a video. Well, Griezmann I am did joining too. Yeah. the European champions, yeah. and everyone's like, oh, it's Chelsea, yes, Chelsea. But I can see that being a sort of thing of like Erling Haaland, you know, doing his. Was, was it Lebr- was it LeBron James who did that as well? Where he done this sort of I'm leaving Cleveland and going to Miami. Yeah. Yeah, so should I be think, interesting. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot, a lot of more of these kind of stories emerging. But look, I wouldn't. I, I think that I don't think that tweet was completely 
sort of as set as 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 it was written. I, well, I think it was, it was come from a sky, come from a sky correspondent from Germany who was sort of talking about it and was a little bit more general than that, saying Liverpool are in the in the race, quite you know, are in the race. Want a striker? Yeah, of course. You know who doesn't want a striker who scores 150 goals in 150 games? Yeah. But I think it's um, I think there's going to be a lot more stories like that, and I think. I think if you went to each of these clubs, Real Madrid, Chelsea, Manchester City, I think they'd say, well, we're front runners yeah. as well. I think Real Madrid in particular would think that they're front runners. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be a very interesting one, nevertheless. But to your point, I mean, the thing about the fee, we know Liverpool have paid that, have and will pay that amount of money for a footballer. Yeah. So it's not, it's, it feels far more within the realms of possibility yeah, than yeah. saying Mbappe, who you go, you know, I mean, Obviously, his contract's yeah, coming yeah, up, so that, that changes things. But what we were talking about, I think I want to say just to stay on the theme of Holland. There was a really interesting article. I don't know if you read it. If you didn't, and you have a time subscription, I would read it by James Gearbrandt about number nines and and the sort of guaranteed goals and why it's a bit of a false hood. You know, the idea that oh, you buy a number nine like like Lukaku to Chelsea. You know, you buy him. Yeah. And that, that takes you up a level. And actually, how the numbers don't bear that out. There yeah. are a lot of clubs who buy a sort of a guaranteed goals. Their, their goal scoring stays. Even even someone like Lewandowski or or you know Cristiano Ronaldo when he went to, to Juventus, it actually doesn't really change the team's goal scoring output. It just concentrates it more towards the well, main man. It's an interesting point because it's a conversation we've had on and off <clears throat> around the office the last few weeks of this. You used to need. To, chat, to win the league, you needed a twenty goal a season yeah, centre yeah. forward and something else, you know, another another yeah, really yeah. good player and maybe a boss goalie and a good, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Whereas now you need more, you need more than you yeah. actually need to to challenge for the title. To challenge, you need two 20 goal a season yeah. forwards and realistically you need more in, in, yeah, in beyond yeah. that. So you're right, you get you go well. Here's your here's your one guy. But yeah. What I, happens to what happens to everyone else? And also it's, around it? yeah, and also it it. It's, we live in the tactical age, so the idea that you'd sort of your hopes would be resting on, you know, one guy to score it, and Liverpool don't do that with Salah really. I mean, they, you'd say that he's the he's obviously Liverpool's main man in terms of goals, but I don't think Liverpool go into games thinking, well, if Mo Salah doesn't score, we're we're gone here, aren't we? You know, I don't think they ever think like that. Whereas I do think there are there are clubs that have done. I think Spurs with Harry Kane is a great example, really, and we've seen how much they've suffered with Harry Kane's. Form whenever or when he's had injuries and that kind of thing. Yeah. So I'm not. And by the way, I'm, that just that's just a sort of an interesting aside. I'm not. Uh, I'm, yeah. not I'm not actually throwing Erling Haaland into that mix of saying he would damage it. But what I'm saying is, I think a lot of a lot of clubs would consider and say, well, I'm saying he's worth 140, 150 million. To some clubs, it might be well. Actually, we can we can make up that shortfall with two players or blah blah blah. If you're so, a club that's got a guy. Yeah. And, well, like, Bayern Munich being a good example yeah, of that. Yeah. If you're you're just effectively looking to replace Lewandowski, yeah, yeah. then yeah, Haaland yeah, makes absolutely yeah, yeah. perfect sense because it doesn't change your it doesn't change your total output. Absolutely. Whereas someone like a Liverpool, it might be that. What does that do to the other lads? Yeah. But I suppose the encouraging thing for that is Jota has been kind of doing that job this season as a, as a centre forward. I mean, for a start, I, do we do do Liverpool? I mean, everyone needs Erling Haaland, but do they need, <laughs> yeah. if you've got a Jota doing that job, um, Liverpool have, you've, we've managed to get three guys. Up and, up I'd be run. interested to know. I mean, it might be one in, in the Discord chat, but I'd be interested to know if you, if I said to you, you can have either Harling or Belling, Harland or Bellingham. I'd be interested to know sort of what the split was on it. I think a lot would go for Harland, but I think there's a case to be made that a bigger, a bigger difference maker to Liverpool might be someone like Bellingham. That's, uh, yeah, I, 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 that's an interesting one actually. Yeah, if anyone's watching, do let us know. Mm. Harland or Bellingham. Now, I, I'd never even considered it, but. 
Yeah. Haaland's more exciting, sort yeah. of like, you know, like he's obvious sort of instant impact, isn't he? You can imagine him straight away just banging goals it's in just, and everyone a, being excited. Yeah, but I think Bellingham's got as, as big an upside in terms of, you know, the, yeah. the future and also the sort of skill set that he would add to Liverpool's team. You know, if you think about, we watched we watched Naby Keita last night and I'm sure we all sort of enjoyed that little yeah. 25-minute cameo or whatever it was from it. You know, it was a fantastic performance. You think about having that for 12, 13 years, with, with someone like Jude Bellingham and maybe even keeping Naby Keita, you'd yeah. be like, wow, that's well, a the thing transformative. Me, because I think it's an interesting debate, is you right, you know, the thing about Haaland is when you get someone who's that talismanic, what do you, what do you do? And it sounds like a stupid thing, but you kind of have to think this way, what what happens if they're not if they're not there? Mm. Whereas someone like Bellingham, he doesn't come in and have a transformative effect yeah, on the yeah. post midfield. All he does is safeguard what you've got already. Yeah, yeah. He's just he, he theoretically replaces Jordan Henderson, Jordan Henderson in the long term. Yeah, exactly. yeah, so I mean, it, it, it's an interesting debate. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've spoke about both of them, haven't we? And I think, <laughs> maybe if you're Dortmund, you'd be worried, wouldn't you? I think if one or both of them would be going. Yeah. I think Haaland will. I'm not sure about Bellingham. He will He will eventually. I'm not sure about whether it'll be this summer or beyond that. But listen, I think if Liverpool are doing their job properly and uh, they're doing their sums correctly, they'll be thinking long and hard about players like that absolutely um, Steel here in the uh, Club Legend Disco I was just saying honestly Bellingham yeah, that's an interesting, mm. interesting well, I mean, it's, that's interesting enough, isn't it? because you know it does feed into this idea that number nines are the glory aren't they and they're, they're the sort of the Ballon d'Or winners and they're the sort of the ones that everyone wants to get on the back of the shirts but I think Liverpool and I think Klopp are sort of He's trained Liverpool fans a little bit to sort of to value and to understand the collective and to understand the genuine albums of this yeah. world and the Jordan Hendersons and the you know the, the the importance of having jigsaw pieces and not just being a sort of a bit of a Man United where, where it's like well who's who's the sort of the hot property this this summer right we'll get him in you know yeah. Paul Pogba Jaden Sancho whoever you know Zlatan for one one crazy year yeah uh, well it's funny you mentioned this last thing I think that's an interesting point because is he that is he that thing where he does he ends up being a bit of like a gun for hire over his career where he goes and does a few mm. seasons and he's, and, and Steve carries his point out. he says Bellingham slots in and mixes with our, with our amazing players Harlem requires an ego to be massaged and a team to essentially be moulded around him and obviously still early doors in his, in his, in his career we'll, we'll see how, how, how much that is the case Hello and welcome to the Red Ben TV. It is the start show with me, Chris Pajak, and today it is also with Andrew Beasley at Base Tune to Red over on Twitter. Give him a follow, Reds. He's one of the top follows on Twitter. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about one of your articles this week. You sent it over to me. Uh, yeah, and you sent me an Excel spreadsheet, which was lovely to to, to, to have a look at as well, by the way. Um, go on. What was it you discovered this time? Well, it was, um, as we were talking about earlier, you know, whether Liverpool can score 100 league goals this season, it certainly looks like they're, they're capable of it. Their underlying attacking numbers suggest that they can. Um, as you can see there, their XG per match is higher than Man City's was when they got to 100 points. Um, it's always interesting to compare seasons sort of like for like and with the past and stuff like that, because sometimes things just stand out so much that you're like, how is this this even happening? But um, yeah, the thing I noticed with that when I was writing the article, it's all to do with um, clear-cut chances, which mm-hmm. uh, is a slightly subjective stat, which Opta have, but it basically looks at chances where you'd expect the attacker to score. So a penalty being the obvious example, 
But also if they're clean through on goal with only the goalkeeper to beat, that's a clear-cut chance, that sort of thing. And what I found when looking back was that in 2014-15, the last full season under Rodgers, Liverpool had, I think it was 59 clear-cut chances, something like that anyway. And then the next season, the one in which Klopp took over, I think they had 65. And this is across the whole season. And at the time I wrote the article, they'd already had 60 uh, in 21-22. And then they had another four against Aston Villa at the weekend. So now they're up to 64. So they've already beaten the whole total from 2014-15. They've equaled or thereabouts the total from 2015-16. And obviously they've been a lot better since. But you can see from the from the uh, chart on the screen there, they've been fairly uh, fairly consistent, sort of 108, 109, pretty much without fail every season. Well, if they're at 64 after 16 games, it's reasonable to think they're going to go way past, you know, 109 after after um, 38. And yeah, the thing with clear cut chances, it's easy to remember that that three a game is a is a good total, um, and not many teams have done that because um, that would be 114 for a whole season. So if you look at the chart on the slide there, Liverpool have got close to that, but haven't quite reached that in the past. Man City have; they've gone past a few times, but it is rare for a team to average three a game, and Liverpool are going at four a game. So mm-hmm. even if that may drop off a bit as the season goes on to be at that level over nearly half a season is, is really good going and um, explains why they, they stand a good chance of scoring over 100 goals this season. Absolutely. I mean, I, I just looking at it, I extrapolated it over 38 games. and I know it doesn't quite work like that, but you can see on that end column, Liverpool would be the highest on there. Um, then you'd have three nay four Manchester City sides one of them being this season as you mentioned earlier they got to 106 when I looked at how many goals a game we were scoring a few weeks ago I got us to 116 uh, which gave us quite a bit of leeway um, but obviously that's that's all changed with two 1-0 wins uh, we are though um, at the eyeball test um, <laughs> and, and this one I think it's evolved a little bit since the first show um, and I like this one. It's I've, again I've used FB Ref, which I think I did for the first one. Thinking about it, um, this is Liverpool's forwards. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell the viewers at home. There's three players. They're all Liverpool players. They're all Liverpool forwards. They're all compared to other like players uh, in Europe's men's big five leagues. The positional peers. I'm gonna be a little bit sneaky and tell you that. You know, if you're a winger attacker, you're compared to winger attackers. So actually, and if you're a fullback, you're compared to fullbacks. And you might be fullbacks and defenders, and the defenders one, there might be attackers, wingers, there might be forwards, etc., etc. The percentile thing, Andrew, do you understand it? I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I think you will. Excellent. That's that's a great start <laughs> for anybody watching at home. The higher the number, the better, I suppose, in this regard. So you can see player A on the left hand side there. Um, he is in the top one percentile or top one percent of of players in non-penalty goals. Andrew is now going to work them out. The left one is player A, middle is player B, uh, right hand side is player C. Let's see who how many of these players you can get right. Well, uh, I think player A is probably Mohamed Salah, just because he's in the top one percent of non-penalty goals. As you say, that seems fairly obvious. Okay. I think player. Well, Player C, I think, is possibly Diogo Jota with the high level of pressures sort of standing out to 
to my eye, uh, 95th percentile for pressures, the, the player that Pep Linders calls the pressing monster. So that makes me think that could be Diogo Jota, which leaves the one, the guy in the middle, um, who is the one I'm less certain about. I think it could be Mane, but that's not really based on a specific number, just that he that looks about right for him. So uh, that, that would be my guess for, for player B. Can I point you in the direction of one stat that breaks this wide open? <laughs> I think blocks breaks it wide open. Aha, uh-huh. yes, okay. Right down the bottom there. Uh, so that's probably Firmino then, is it? Correct answer. So there we go. We're looking at his top one percent <laughs> in blocks. Let's have a look at this. Um, on my screen now, you can see Mohamed Salah, player A. Roberto Firmino was indeed player B, and C was Diogo Jota. Very well worked out. I liked your thinking behind all of that type of stuff. <laughs> We're going to move it on again now. It's the defenders comparison. Well done, by the way. Um, so these are defenders. For two people who've done this today, they've assumed centre backs. I did not say centre-backs, I said defenders, Andrew, okay? You might not okay. consider them defenders, but they are all technically, I suppose, defenders. Um, talk me through your working out on this one, mate. Where are you going first? Are you going to try and discount one over the other by numbers? Well, I think, understandably, with Liverpool's defenders, um, as counterintuitive as it seems for most defenders, you'd have to look at expected assists, <laughs> player A is in the 95th percentile and player C is in the 99th percentile. So irrespective <laughs> of everything else, you can probably assume from that that A is Robertson and C is Alexander-Arnold. Okay. That's where I'm <laughs> going to go from that. Okay. Um, but the guy in the middle doesn't have um, much in the way of expected assists, so he's far more likely to be a centre-back Um Progressive carries. Oh, there we go. 98% progressive carries. So based on what I said earlier, I'll have to go Joel Matip for... Oh, uh, he's got all three. (laughs) Fucking like lightning. Look at that. And the fact is, I've done this with three people today in the office and they're not as versed in in stats as you are, but I was trying to point them towards these stats and you've just gone bing, bang, bosh. <laughs> All three of them straight away. That's fucking brilliant, mate. Uh, so as you can see, uh, for centre-backs compared uh, to cent- the best centre-backs in the top five leagues, um, Joel Matip for progressive carries is in the top 2%. Trent Alexander-Arnold, let's just look at some of these stats for a second because what we've got here is top one percent in expected assists top one percent in non-penalty goals and expected assists top one percent in shot creation actions top one percent in uh, passes attempted uh, is that all the 90s no top one percent in progressive passes so when we say he's the best defender in the world this is what we're talking about isn't it that's unbelievable uh, I'm going to move on then to your final quiz um, of the day. Um, Liverpool midfielders, um, where are you starting with this? Talk me through your working out. Well, again, it's sort of referring back a bit to what we said about earlier, but um, player B in this section being in the top 1% for progressive passes makes me think that's that's probably Thiago. Um Player C, without much of an attacking input, those sort of red lines in the first section there, probably more of a defensive midfielder. So the obvious choice is probably Fabinho for um, C, I think. Yeah, possibly. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Good in the air, quite a few tackles and interceptions. Player A, who's player A? Let's have a look. Um, progressive carries is high. Uh, yeah. It's got pressures, or oh, they're low on pressures. Otherwise, I'd have said Cater, so it's maybe not Cater. Can um, I point you towards his 99? All right, yeah, that's a good idea. Shot total. Uh, lots of shots, lots of progressive carries. So it's probably, um, I don't know, does Curtis Jones figure on this? Either Jones or Oxlade-Chamberlain then, probably. Yeah, well, you got it right. It's Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, Thiago Alcantara and Fabinho are the three midfielders. So Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, more shots than 99% of midfielders. (laughs) (laughs) Coutinho being the only person above him, I'd guess, on this if he's still playing fuzzy Uh, and loads and loads of dribbling with the football. Thiago, you got it straight away just from the progressive passes and Fabinho, you've worked that out beautifully. John Achterberg, head of goalkeeper at Liverpool. Most of the times uh, I keep in touch with the goalies and still catch up with them. And so with Donny, of course, uh, you know, I, I ask him, it was in 2013, so it's quite a while. He said, yeah, we have now, uh, because I asked him, any good goalies? I said, yeah, just look at uh, Alisson, he plays at the International. So... I look and I like it and then you keep following it. So, you know, that's what I do that with a lot more. It was not just Ali, you know, you looking at in every, basically what I do is every league who produce goalies, you look maybe three times in the season. Uh, if there is any new ones come in, write a report, watch a game and see if you like it. If you like it, you keep watching it if you don't like it uh, then you can put it in and if they have the right 
um, profile we set. You know, you need a bit height in England uh, as a goalie, and you know it has to fit. You have to be athletic. You have to be able. To, and if you for Liverpool, you have to be able to do every aspect. So you're looking at that kind of things, and and you know so main leagues and obviously Brazil in South America you do Brazil Argentina and then you follow obviously also the under 17 tournaments like Euros they have there also uh, I don't know what the name is but we can follow that so you have all the scouting recruitment uh, where you can see the game so you keep watching that and yeah, you follow all the tournaments and then you pick them up. And obviously from the moment I saw him, I liked it. And then obviously you speak to the Oni and, um, and then, um, you know, you follow it really. Um, we wanted to sign a new goalie uh, in, in uh, to make competition with Simon. And obviously I like Neto uh, then in the way we played and stuff. Um, he was uh, at Fiorentina, and we went there to go. And uh, but uh, met met his agent, met Neto, but Neto already signed for Juventus. So um, he wanted still to come to us, but could not get it uh, to change. So we had to because uh, yeah, we looked for a free transfer in that way. So he didn't come in the end, and he still wanted to come, but obviously it didn't happen. So Neto is played obviously he's at Barca now, but uh, yeah, he was at Fiorentina. So so yeah, but funny thing was we go out in, Fio in Fiorentina and we met Stef Stefano, and Stefano is uh, one of the agents of Ali. So we talk about uh, Neto and then obviously Ali come back to the talks and I said, yeah, I, I like what I see and I think he's good. But the problem is you cannot have him in England because no AU passport and you need to be having so many internationals and stuff like that. So obviously then he moved to Rome and then obviously you watch the games when he is playing and you keep following it like I do with others. Then we played uh, Rome in uh, in USA, so the goalie uh, was really good. I said to the, the boss, said, oh, the goalie is really good. I said, yeah, I said, that's the goalie I was telling you about. So, um, but I did it with the Staker, for instance, also um, when Brandon was here. Uh, he was at Gladbach. I said, Brennan, you know, he uh, this and that. So a few weeks later, Brennan said, uh, yeah, Norwich, uh, I got a call of uh, Chris Hutton and said, uh, you know, this goalie playing for Gladbach is a good goalie. So I said, yeah, that's what I try to say to you. But, you know, but then, of course, he goes uh, Barca and things like that. So, and in my first time, it was when I come in a job, and that's how it started really. Uh, Kamoli was the the technical man. Um, he uh, he said, Johnny, you have a few video band, uh, tapes from uh, Goalie. Go and watch them and let me know what you think. So from that moment, 
because I I always had the passion of being a goalkeeping coach after football and I always thought I need to know if I'm especially if I'm in this job I need to know any goalkeeping uh, goalkeeper around because I need to find the best one I want the best one because we are Liverpool one of the best so we have to be the best so then I go to him I said but I did see uh, two really good goalies I like one is Neuer <laughs> but he was with Schalke then and and one is Handanovic so obviously for whatever reason obviously he said Neuer is, is going to buy in that is already done but obviously I don't have this information and Handanovic was at Inter Milan then and uh, no Handanovic was at Udinese but obviously we didn't do much with it but then he got sold to Inter so um, yeah that's how it works and no you need also a bit luck but the, the club also need to uh, see if it's financial possible to do huh? well that's the difficult thing about Alison Becker is that there must be a point where you're going love him love him he'd be yeah. perfect yeah. but there's a point at which Liverpool had never gone anything like that on, yeah, on a transfer true. fee that's for a goalie yeah. before. Yeah, and that's why you also have to respect the owners for what they did. I know they get sometimes not the credit for what they did. No, they redo a new stadium, they make a new training ground, they try to get a good team together with the recruitment, you know, and, and obviously the boss is a big part and all the coaches, they try to find the best players and you know, you work as a big team with it to try to to make that happen, and yeah, that that's how it a little bit work. But uh, yeah, there goes a lot of time in there because it was mad. And when I started, uh, I, because I was started in the reserves academy, I think uh, I was doing eight to eight seven days a week non-stop because um, but then i was still i come just from football uh, with trauma so i was pretty fit so but the knees aren't hurting quite as much at that point no but but yeah that's true you know and you had the energy you know you're working for the best club in the world so you know you have energy you want to fire and 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 yeah so i i was working eight to eight but then i come home and then i looking on the tv any any goalkeeper moving and on the laptop to making reports and writing reports to find goalies so obviously i started with the first team and then i go to the younger ones and and yeah it was mad because uh yeah there was weeks so you do 80 plus hours a week and you know but that is yeah it's your life if you like and and that's that's how you work it really so it's um well it's dedication isn't it and again you've yeah. got to actually enjoy what you do to, yeah. to, to be able to commit to it I, I, just on just on Alison when he does come in you know, you've scouted him, you've seen him, you've you've, yeah. you've had your eye on him. Was what was that like though when he's in and he's signed and you and he's in training? Yeah. Was there a what was your first? Yeah. Uh, but obviously, I I have to like him, but the boss have to like him uh, because he is the man who decides it in the end. But also the recruitment, they will ma they make a video of him, and obviously they speak to the agent and they try find out. So there goes a lot of work in. Uh, and I say, yeah, this is my number one, and this is the only one I would sign. And whatever they yeah. do in the end, they all have to 
face the right way and 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 that's how it comes off in the end but yeah that was uh i, I met him uh at melwood when he signed and he said uh yeah i tried to uh look for some training he said uh, to see what you do i said yeah but i don't put any training on youtube because some do um so i said but uh yeah you don't have to worry i know how it works a little bit and stuff but you will see and we can always talk about it so he joins us in avm and uh oh, he does with uh, andreas the one but already then i had to change the training because i started working and in a reasonable intensity and saw that obviously he still had to get fitter so then you have to already adapt because if you put him over the limit you can make him injured so so then he goes in the team training yeah he made some unbelievable saves and there was the wow factor was there straight away and then you think yeah we sign a goalie yeah Hello everyone, it is The Debate Show. I am Paul Machen. Steho joins me in the studio and coming to us from his cyber Christmas loft, it is Ben Kelly. So the question is, is the Champions League final tomorrow, Paul? Both of them are fit. Liverpool starting 11, I think, is Trent. Well, Alisson in goal. Trent, Virgil, Matip, Robbo, Fabinho, Henderson, Thiago, Salah, Mane. But who's up front for you? I... It's cards on the table. It's Diogo Jota for me, but is it Jota or is it Bobby? It's Bobby for me. Okay. Um, so Errol's right and you're wrong. Let's okay. move on. No one <laughs> um, the, uh, Because I still, I, I think Jota's fantastic, and he's obviously got a, he's obviously got an eye for goal, and I, I think he's a, one of the key factors why we've been so lethal in front of goal. I've got a sneaky feeling. Bobby's going to be more score more goals this season, which will which will write a lot of these sort of concerns off because I think a lot of this is based on this idea that Firmino's going to score nine goals this season. You know, like it'll be a, be a one in four, one in five forward that he's kind of slipped to. Whereas if you look at his, his you know his, his goals per ninety this season, it's much better than it's been. Now he's not played a lot of football, so it's a very small sample size. But I think he'll, I think he will score more goals. I think we're naturally playing. We're requiring our number nine to be a bit more number nine-ish than we have done. It's yeah. very 17-18. And like Bobby Firmino scored 20 goals that season. He's got it, he's, he's got it in him. Um and I think, but in conversely to to all of this, I think what where the most telling factor lies for me, I would rather be bringing Diogo Jota on with half an hour, 20 minutes to go, because he can play left or he yeah. can play central. And he gives you an so if you want to, if Mane's knackered and you just want to refresh what you're doing without losing the level you bring Jotter in and you've got another goal just an equal goal yeah. threat coming into the side so it's it's Firmino for me can I explain my thinking as well I think the way we're playing is that we're, we're, we're setting more of those goals you mentioned before the, uh, the typical number nine I think we're seeing more of those chances created Bobby gets Attic off them at Wofford by the way I understand that he's got six and eleven but three of them what's happened against Wofford I'm not caveating them as bad things but they were like, but they're the type of goals we are more we're creating. And I think if I've got a ball firing across the box, I have backed Jota to get on the end of it. How did that work out at the weekend? What do you mean? Well, didn't he, he, he air shot the one, didn't he? <laughs> but, 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 but in general, I, I always feel like he's more like he's more likely to get on get on Eddard in or get on the front post right. and tell you one in or be on the pen spot where I always think Bobby's always looking for the pullback. 
Jot is always the one making the near post runs and stuff. The goal, Southampton was it the first one very early on. Yeah. That type of goal. Well, all of Jota's goals basically come within the width of the goal, unless he's skinning Allen and putting. And even, and even then, he's he's throwing one past Jordan Pickford. But yeah, that, that's. My, I actually think now, and this is kind of the point of me, the question is, it's like I think we're more suited to playing with that type of player. We we for so long we used to always say Bobby's the system we are built around Bobby for me. You know, if Bobby doesn't play with snookers and everything runs through Bobby, and I don't think it does anymore. I think it actually runs through the Trent Salah other centre midfielder on the right triangle whether that was being kited it was Elliot for a while it was yeah. Henderson for a long while I think we we've, that's the style of play now and I actually think Liverpool haven't evolved past Roberto for me you know, he's fucking brilliant and he'll play soon and he'll be brilliant because he always is but I actually think now we're, we're getting more creative. You know, the assists and the XG that Salah and Mane create you know for a fella to just be in the box nodding one in or tapping one in and I think the Ogo Jota is, just, is, is the option that would fit better so it's one for one Ben Suppose we have to go to you for the for the decider. Yeah, so I, I'd I'd go with Firmino, um, but I, I, I <laughs> but I hadn't, I hadn't really thought of the points that you. I'm not saying I don't think I'm changing my mind, but I hadn't really thought of the points that Steve had, had, had raised. I think I think in general I'm a little bit less observant and maybe just a little bit less understanding of tweaks to tactical systems and things. I don't I don't pick up on those things quite as easily. So my argument for Firmino was that. I think in any Champions League final, doesn't matter who you're playing, you're looking to get control of the game. And I think that Firmino helps you gain control of the game by dropping deep, an extra man in midfield, breaking up play for the opposition in midfield and, and winning the ball. And then my other argument to add to that was, you know, we, we've still got the fight, even though Firmino may have dropped off a little bit, we've still got the firepower to get the goals from the left and the right. I had thought about the idea of bringing Jota on and that was going to be part of my argument. But the, 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 the point of the XG assists for Salah and Mane. I'm not saying change my mind completely, but it definitely helps me put me mind more in the Jota camp because I think Salah in particular obviously we've seen we've seen Salah, I think he's obviously he's taken his level up a game uh, game up a level this season, but he's also changed his game. He is a lot less greedy now, if you like, and you know he, he is he I think he is. I mean think about it, I don't think it was um was it for Jota that oh, it was for Mane, I think the, the first goal at Watford with the outside of his foot. Delicious, delicious ball. And I don't know if he's got that in his locker 18 months ago, but he definitely does now. Um, so so, so I'd still go with Firmino, I think, because I think tried and tested, better the devil you know in a Champions League final, but I mean, it, it's close. I suppose, we, we, we haven't mentioned Divock Origi, by the way, in this conversation. <laughs> See, I was thinking, your sub-arguments I do get, but my, the, 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 I suppose the counter is, just bring Bobby on and put Jota on the left wing. Then. Yeah, but it's just that thing of Bobby Firmino. And look, you, you might be right, but Bobby Firmino is... I think if you're chasing a game, I don't think Firmino's the answer off the bench. But exactly. I think Jota can Because to the point, if Firmino's the guy who's going to grab you a goal, then he might as well be your starting player and just score the goal for or, you. Or you can just start a player who's more likely to score you a goal, which is Jota. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, this whole chasing the game thing's great, but or Jota could score two, and you, you don't need to chase the game. And then actually, yeah. if you're defending a lead, Bobby's an amazing sub to have on because you mentioned going back to the control of, of helping you win the game. Then you can do that. I thought we saw at the weekend actually. Oxley Chamberlain tried to play the Firmino role, and he he proved how good Firmino is at it because he was garbage at it. And That's harsh. Okay, I, I thought he was rubbish. Oxley Chamberlain. Ox was, was really good. Okay, I thought he was crap. But again, it flips things around. What are you even saying on my other shows? I, th- I thought he was rubbish. That's my opinion. I thought he was. What happened? Is he, have you been polluting people's minds on final I, word shows? Well, I've not been, not, not been in. I there. have been 
offering my opinion. I don't think Oxley Chamberlain was very good in that role, and and I think he showed how good Firmino is at it. And I think I think again, Firmino is amazing at it. I am the more I watch Liverpool when Bobby is and playing, the more I feel Liverpool have evolved past them. Yeah, but and it, you might listen. You might be one hundred percent right, but your your you, you your feeling is that we might have evolved past Bobby Firmino, whereas. We, you, it's a feeling based on a, on a well where Firmino's had a couple of injuries this yep, season. It is, this, this, there were people three weeks ago who were feeling that Chimacast was a better left back than Andy Robertson Again, because he's played more footy than Robbo this season because Robbo's had injuries that he's never had before. Yep. And all of that might lead down the line because at some point, those front three, they're all the same age and they've all put in a hell of a lot of minutes and it makes sense for Firmino to be the one who starts to break down first. There's a chance he follows the Adam Lallana route there, whereas, you know, the other guys, are just just naturally more athletic, I think, than, than he is. Yeah, I suppose. You know, we've never, no one's ever turned up to pre, no, Salah and Man have never turned up to the start of pre-season. God, they've been on the aisle there, haven't they? Bobby Which Bobby won <laughs> once or twice, you could tell he'd had a, he'd had a fun time. Um, so, but you, look, you're, you're right in the, the, it's trending that way. But I think Jürgen Klopp, if, if, if it was today, and he had all of his options fully fit and firing, he'd absolutely go with Firmino. So. Of course he would, because yeah. he, he he would go with, he's going to go with his most experienced and his tried and tested. Yeah, I suppose. The flip side is... On, you know I'm right in that, though. I, I, don't, see, I don't know. And my thinking is as well, I, Jota's fucking boss. Yeah. And I think that... <laughs> like we're, we're talking about all these other, like the caveat and the system he suits, he's really good. And I think it's hard to leave a fella. I think when you go into a Champions League final... Your aim, again, <laughs> really stupid. Like, you know, when I said it's a job to score a goal first. As well. Oh, come on, Steve. No, but listen. Is you... your right back's first no, job but... to like defend no, crosses as no, well while no. we're talking about like the, the basics of that? It's, no, not, it's not. Okay, go on. Trent's in the team, like you say, his, his job is actually to attack. I think Jürgen would rather want his goal score on the pitch, which is more likely to score a goal. I know that sounds crazy, like obvious, but like in, in years gone by, it actually wasn't because. For me, you know, even though he was never scoring, he was playing every game. And the people like he scored, he couldn't score a goal at Anfield all season, and he was getting flogged every single week, and he couldn't score. So, I think now, again, and I'm just pure hyper. I don't know, guessing a little bit, but like. I think Jürgen might have seen the light have gone fucking hell. Like if I if, if I've got these two lads on the wing and I've got these two lads at fullback who are just putting it on a sixpence from his centre forward and he's just nodding in in the goal every week or kicking one in the goal every week. I mean, it makes life a fucking lot easier. There's a very real chance that we're going to have three 20 plus goal a season sense of. And I said this for a week, we might well end up with three top goal scorers in the Premier League. And for me, you know, we'll be in double figures. He, at like fifteen yeah. as well, yeah. <laughs> the place to be. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I, so yeah, I get, I get, what, I get what you're saying, but it's the, it's the last thing of until it's until Jota does it for a season, and it's also think it's, it's you talk about a big game, like a massive game. It's still for me, you know, he's been there and he's done it. Like he won the Club World Cup himself yeah. for us. He's he scored goals in bit in, in huge games for us. Now Jota's gonna have to do that eventually if he's gonna be that thing. But that's my point. I think at the end of the season, I think you're probably right. But if you're saying as Peter pointed you at great lengths to point out that it was the it's today. Today it's still yeah. it's still it's still for me now. To be fair, Jota's I'll go for just Jota's goal scoring record. He's got 30, he got thirteen in 30 games last year. Mm-hmm. Like, is that not doing it for a season? Is that, you know, like you mentioned, what he has to do it for a season. I think he has. I think he's proven himself already. Yeah, but he was done, still, he was the fourth, he was the fourth got, guy that season. Yeah. Well, he well, in Michelin, which I've never forgiven Jürgen for, by the way. I hope I'm not that. But yeah, it's a, I don't know. I, I don't know if we, 
holding on to the past. I'm, I, it sounds like I'm, I'm damning Bobby because I'm not. I think he's brilliant. And there's games where Bobby Firmino is a great option. I'm saying your your point is the same as my point, only the opposite. I'm saying it, it, by the end of the season, if Jota plays like he's played all season, then it'll undoubtedly be he you, will be you the need guy. To yeah, and it's the same, and you're and by the same as you, you know, it's the same with the Firmino stuff. Your logic is that by the end of it, it'll be. It's not that Jota will be great. The Firmino will have dropped. Will, will have obviously dropped yeah. off a little bit by that by that point. You might not even have to. I think Jota is at a level where he's just better than him now. That's mm. just my opinion. Like in terms of everything that I want from my centre forward, it's, again, it's horses for courses. I think. I mean, by the way, great place to be that you've got. A, we've actually got a fourth choice option who we know is going to be able to score twenty goals, and then your fifth choice option if he can come on and this fellow over here on the top of the tree, if he can come on and get grab late goals. Well, we're actually in a good position to be like in the Champions League final. Like I watch that, like I know it ends well, but it's so it's such a fine margin, it's such a fine moment. Do you do you relive that? And like you know, like the take and then Div- and Divock making the connection. I I just feel like it was just meant to be. I don't know what it was, but if this everything about the goal was like, it, I don't think we'll see a goal like it again because it was too. Like per like perfect. If you can, I don't know how to describe it. It was just right. It just from even like Dave knocking the other ball off 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 the pitch, so so that the corner could come in and things like that, and the ball boy putting it on the spot. I wasn't even meant to take the corner. I was I was literally walking away to like go and get into position, and then just seeing it. I mean, Dave didn't. I didn't even shout, Dave. I've just hit it in there, Aaron. If he doesn't turn around, it's just a waste of ball to fly across the box, and no one even thinks about it again. Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, it was a risk as well because if that doesn't come off, then Verge is absolutely going at me because I haven't stuck one in there for him. <laughs> um, but mate, just even the finish itself is unbelievable. Like, how can you get at that part on the top pin? <laughs> Oh, I don't even know. Yeah, it's so crazy to think about them. It's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. Um, and obviously the celebrations are just celebrations are something else. You know what? How, how does that rank for you? You know that moment that that in front of in front of the car. Oh me, to be honest, we have a picture. We have a massive like I don't even know how big it is, but it's huge. Of that, of like from behind, you see us all. Um, you see us all celebrating it, like all like linked together singing, and then you see in the corner Handel doing an interview, <laughs> and it's just like, how can you choose someone to do an interview at that moment? Like, uh, you can't begrudge someone of that special special moment because of an interview. It can wait five minutes, and um, yeah, unreal. But he's um, yeah, the celebrations were just as good as the game. To be honest with you. Um, just very, very special. The 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 big moments actually in that game, as far as Jordan goes, is half time. Um, can you sort of talk me through what 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 happened and the decisions were made over him? Because he he's, he's he's injured, isn't he? When he goes in at half time. Yeah, yeah, he's done something to his knee. Um, I can't remember what it was, but he done something to his knee, and he was actually, I think he was playing through serious pain in that because I think you see at the end of the game. When he falls down and like he's celebrating a bit, but you see him grab his knee, and it's like you can tell he played through some serious pain there. Um, so yeah, it was, I mean, 
I think yeah, I think a lot of players wouldn't, wouldn't have been able to play on with that. He get, is it right that he just basically says, "Do whatever you can to get me back out yeah. on the pitch." Yeah, he's that. That's the type of player he is. Is like even I think I think he tried. He tried it again at Chelsea away this season when Thiago came on for his debut at half time. He tried it then. And he was like, I'm not coming off. <laughs> and then he just had to be told, you are. You're injured, you are. <laughs> you can't even kick the ball properly anymore, so you have to come off. Uh, but he's the type of player to like, just always want to play through. Always. Absolutely unreal. Um, Champions League final then. I mean, you talked about it already, but how much... I- how much does the Real Madrid game, you know, set you up for this? Where you like, we're just not losing this. This one, we're not losing this one. Yeah, it felt a lot different. I mean, you get prepared for it, like you know. Like I said before, the event is more of an event, and you know that how big the game is. And I don't think Tottenham really knew. Um, but even before, like even like the build up to it, we were just so much more relaxed and just treated it as a normal game rather than the Champions League final. I mean, we were way more prepared for it. I think you could tell that through the performance. I mean, it was a boring game, and as a neutral, I would have hated to watch it, but it got the job done, and it was, a, yeah, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Yeah. The um, the, the the post-match celebrations, and again, there's, there's a couple of really iconic images, particularly of Jordan, Um there's him and Jürgen having a good cuddle and a cry in the middle of the pitch, uh, but of course there's him and his him and his dad. Um, that's just a it's just a beautiful moment, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, special special moments. I mean, uh, the journey that he's been on, like the the, the turmoil that he's been through, and as a player, has been unreal. And I think um, he could have folded and and not being the player yesterday, but the the strength he's got mentally to play through things and to turn people um on his side through his performances and his intensity is is unbelievable and it's um it, it's it's inspiring to see him on a daily basis to be honest with you. Um just seeing how much he's committed to the game and how much he, he wants to improve and get better and help the team and how he puts the team first is uh is really unbelievable to see every day. Tell me about the Hendo shuffle. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Well, it obviously started in Madrid, um, and I think I don't know. I don't know. I think I just feel as though if you're gonna like, if you're gonna lift lift the biggest trophy there is, at least make make it a little bit iconic. Don't just do like a boring lift. You've got to do something with it. He's yeah. I don't, he's just thought of it in his head and it's unbelievable. And it's stuck now. He's stuck with it. The handball shuffle. What was the feel like? Because obviously it's already a mad moment. You know, you know it's coming. He's walking towards you. He's got the cup, and then he starts doing this thing. But like, what? What? What's your I, reaction? I didn't think it was that big of a deal to me. I. I. I was just. I'm just in ecstasy, really. I'm just like enjoying every moment, and I just can't wait to like start celebrating properly. And then he's like, I didn't think anyone would clock it. And then 
he got to like after I think he got to like the next day after everything had settled down, and um, we'd like got on the plane back, and then I think that's when like people started to ask him about it, and he's like, "Yeah, I just done it," and then I think it would, the next one would have been what the Super Cup, yeah. And like before that, everyone was like, "You have to do it again if you win." So yeah, that's my stuff. Thank you so much for watching or for listening to the podcast this week. Normal service will resume from next. I hope you've enjoyed everything that we've put in for you. Just give you a little bit of a taster of what we do over on Red Men Plus, which is a bit like Netflix for Liverpool fans. Documentaries, features, interviews, stats, pre and post game content in video and in podcasting form. We have got you covered. Even on those random circumstances when games are cancelled, we are still here. So yeah, if you want more Liverpool in your life, more bonus Red Men content and more Liverpool culture then please do try out Redmen Plus and I hope you enjoy it and have a wonderful Christmas and New Year. Cheers.